In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a catch. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined once again by my co-host, Aaron I am so fired up, Murray, that you are here. We're doing the Quarantine Chronicles, man. I started it up last week. Life is crazy. The world is upside down. I said, you know what? Let's just talk with people, take a little mental vacation, get away from all the craziness, but give something people to look forward to and this is it and i reached out to you and i said aaron people want to hear from the other half of punt and pass they want to know what aaron murray is up to so you said fine i'll do it i twisted your arm you're here now follow us on social media at punt and pass aaron is at aaron murray 11 and i am at drew butler what is up my man you're still down in tampa the xfl had to halt their season because of the coronavirus outbreak your wife is pregnant. I just had a baby. My wife just had a baby. It's wild right now. What's up? It's, it's, a, it's a team effort, though. I'll, I will, I'll be right there with you when when Sharon pops out little Maddox saying that uh, that we just had our first baby. So it, it's fun. We're still in Tampa. We are still debating when do we want to move back to Atlanta. We keep looking. The weather's you know raining, not raining, it's raining awful. for a week. And here in Tampa, it's about 85, 90 degrees, and it's rained one time in the past three months. So we we, we may stay here. For another week or two, and kind of, I think the plan right now is just with with Sharon being pregnant, is just see what place is safer. Is Atlanta safer? Yeah. Is Tampa safer? What's the best way to keep her and our unborn little son uh, as healthy as possible these last two months before he decides to come join us in this world? So I think that's the goal. So we're going to continue to reevaluate and see what happens. And yeah, I guess we'll, we'll dive right into the XFL a little bit. I mean, it, it's it's crazy. You know, go back to last year in the AAF. And the the sudden halt, I guess that league was. Yeah. I don't even know if that was as as sudden as this. Just for the fact that, you know, AAF from week one, we knew there was some kooky stuff going on. From not getting our checks on time to new ownership of the league because the league was about to fold to us knowing that week by week that they were going to evaluate is this a good plan? Is it not a good plan? So we were always on the edge of our seat a little bit. Like, are we going to make another another week in the season? And then lasted, what, seven, eight weeks, and yeah. then they cut the cord. This was different in the fact that I thought it was going great. I mean, viewership, I mean, I would talk to the guys like my buddy Cole Kublik, who we've spoken to and who I do re- radio with with SiriusXM, uh, McElroy, and, and those guys at ESPN. And I was like, hey, how's 
how how's it going from your end? I mean, obviously from our end, it's great. You know, facilities are great. The games are fun, great competition. How's the TV said, dude, the, the, the big boys at ESPN love the XFL. They're going to the games. They're putting a lot of money and resources to it. We're getting great viewership. This is, this is something that we think is going to be not just one year, but you know, multiple seasons. And we're excited about the relationship we've built with Vince and, and everyone in charge. So uh, the momentum was great, and it's unfortunate, uh, obviously, with the entire country, what's going on. Yeah. Uh, but the good thing is they let us know that, hey, one, you're going to get your money, so we're not yes. going to hold it off and not pay you like the AF. So have you gotten your money? We, ha- I have got my money. For me, for I've, I learned from the AF, and I actually got paid up front about 90% of the money. Good for you. So I, I wasn't going to mess around anyway. So I was like, okay, at least I'll get the rest of it uh, over this next month. So I'm kind of like on paid vacation right now, which is awesome. Uh, and then two, the fact that they came out and said, "Listen, we're on for 2021. Yeah. You know, we already have the season set up. We already have the dates for the coaches to get back into meeting and and you know planning the off season, all that stuff that goes into it. So they're excited, and I think this thing is gonna." be ready to go come uh, December and January of next season. Yeah, man, it is certainly exciting. I was trying to think and do a little bit of research. I couldn't really come up with a finite number, but who else has played SEC football, NFL football, AAF football, and now XFL football? I mean, you have really touched every single piece of high-level football, um, and I think the natural question, and you just kind of answered it, the difference between the AAF and the XFL, you just said it, from week one of the AAF, really from training camp, some kooky stuff going on, especially with your team, the Atlanta Legends, the head coach Brad Childress leaves, Mike Vick, the offensive coordinator, never shows up, you guys aren't getting paid, then the season starts, I mean, I remember playing golf with you at setting down, you had a black eye, your knee was bummed up, you're like, I think this shit's getting canceled today, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> wait, what? You're like, yeah, I think they're going to cancel the league today, and sure enough, that ended up happening, but you kind of sensed from the beginning that it was hastily put together, right? That they rushed it. Uh, It happened a little bit too quick. Not everybody was fully on board with what was going on. And then the most important aspect, the money wasn't there. In comparison, the XFL, totally different. And, you know, from a onset of two-year period where they said XFL is happening in 2020, they announced it in late 2018, they slow roll out the markets, then they start building the teams and building the rules and really creating an experience with the network broadcasters. I think that was the biggest thing, and I talked about it last week. I forget who I talked about it with. But the coolest thing about the XFL, Aaron, is that the football was the product, right? There was no foo-foo shit. It wasn't like this gimmicky style of a broadcast. They said, hey, we're going to get in there. We're going to mic the coaches up. We're going to stuff microphones in the players' faces as soon as they get off the field. We want to know what's going on, and we want to bring a different level of accessibility to the XFL. And it seems like it had been working out pretty well up until the outbreak that really brought all sports in America to a halt. For you specifically, though, really unique opportunity to head back to Tampa. It's where your parents live. It's where you grew up. You're a legend there, Plant High School. Shout out Plant High School. That's got to be fun, right? I mean, have you reconnected with old friends? What's the um, what's the response been like from the Tampa fan base? And I tweeted this out, and I'm kind of mad at you because you did not retweet it. Okay, I said, in life, I have learned that there are no coincidences. Everybody knows that. Sick Voss, non vobis. Right? Aaron Murray heads down to Tampa to become a professional quarterback. 
followed right on your heels by Tom Brady. I mean, come on, what is that all well, about? Well, that, that, I just want to let you know that I've been off social media for the past three months. So that's <laughs> okay, why I, I have not. That. Yes, I have been off Instagram and Twitter and uh, decide I want to just focus on the season and, and, you know, making sure that I'm ready to go to be the best dad I can be in a couple of months. So lots of daddy, daddy books I've been reading. So off social okay, media, I will get probably slowly get back on it here the next month or two, uh, to, especially to pump up this podcast, but it was, it, it's good to be down in Tampa. I mean, the weather's phenomenal. I thought the reception from the fans were great. I mean, our first game, we get out there and, and we had a slow start this season, our offense, I mean, we moved the ball, but had some trouble in the red zone. And, and that was definitely shown, but we, you, you wouldn't have known from the fan base. We had 20 to 22,000 people, which is pretty good for the first season. The same day, our first game home game was the same time as the New York Yankees first uh, spring training game, which is right across the street. In clear so water, we were right? like, no, no, in Tampa, it's oh, right down. It? It's right oh, okay. in Tampa. So we're like, man, we're competing with the Yankees first spring training game. And we sold out the entire bottom uh, section of the awesome. stadium, which was awesome. So the fan support was pretty great around the entire city. Uh, it was funny. My dad is uh, putting up a new fence in his yard uh, yesterday. And a couple of the workers came up and started saying, Hey, go Vipers. We're so sad. The season ended. And, you know, people loved it, man. It, 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 it's, I think every city you saw an increase every single week of people really diving and jumping on board. I mean, especially like a city like St. Louis, who yeah. was just dying to get a football team back. You turn it on, and one, they are one of the better teams in the league, and two, uh, they're probably giving a big you know, middle finger to the Rams saying, sure. you shouldn't have left us. We're a great football fan base, and those people were just getting after it each and every single week. And I forgot what stadium it was. They had the uh, the beer snake going that on. That was a DC in the soccer. Yeah, stadium, DC in the soccer. I mean, that, they were getting twenty thousand people yeah. per game as well. So, I, I thought the every single city did a tremendous job of building excitement around their team, not just for this season, but uh, for seasons to come going forward. I just think it's going to get even better and better. And and I think because of the ability to to in, to interact with the players, I thought was the number one thing. I mean, I remember. When we landed in New York the first week, I, as soon as we landed, we were on the bus to the hotel. I grabbed my phone and was watching the first game, and I was like, "Holy smokes! This is this is." We we were warned, but we didn't know to the extent that we'd be able to get interviewed during the game. Yeah, it was every single moment. I mean, every single player throughout the game is getting interviewed. I remember I go, I'll bring up Cole Kublik again, just because I worked with him so much during our last two games. ESPN had us. He was coming to me during the sideline interview or not interview, asking me questions, what's going on. Then he'd bring me on. I would be. I pretty much was on for an entire series at one point. Yeah, that was, was that funny. Sunday night game, right? Yeah, Sunday night game. It yeah. was funny. Uh, the, the announcers go, "Man, we should we should have Aaron Bill ESPN for pretty much taking over for five minutes of the game <laughs> and doing it for us." So it made it fun for the players. I think it made it a little bit more fun for the coaches and and for those fans watching at home. Yeah, I remember I was watching that first weekend and the kicker for, I forget what team, I think it was D.C., missed like a, after a miss. 37 yeah, after yarder, a miss. and she's like, what happened? And he's like, uh, I mean, I just pulled it. Like, you can't give an excuse. And then she said something like, I was going to interview him even if he made it too. Yeah, right. But um, no. the accessibility is for sure one of the very unique aspects of kickoff. You, yeah, please, go ahead. I'm going to ask you because you're, you're, you're the special team uh, expert in this in this duo over here what did you think about the kickoff and do you think of all the the new rules yeah you know, the kickoff uh the punt um to the the interview process i guess what 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 could you see being added 
to the NFL, if anything. Uh, the kickoff, for sure. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I think that just going to – I mean, I, I would just say I'm more of a purist when it comes to special teams. I don't necessarily like all of the rollbacks that have come from a player safety standpoint. I totally get it. Um, but that probably will end up happening – in the NFL because you see how it limits those huge collisions, you know, from a coaching standpoint, from a schematic standpoint, I would really be interested to see how they work on it from week to week because there's so much less of what you have to do. Um, scouting, watching the film, reading how guys get down the field, reading the blocks. I mean, there's a lot that goes into kickoff and kickoff return. When you line guys up, 10 guys up five yards away from each other, the ball has to be kicked. As soon as it's caught, they can move. It limits huge collisions, and it increases player safety big time. I can certainly see that happening in the NFL. And again, reminder, that's just up to the competition committee. Those are the coaches yeah. when they go to their annual meetings. They bring up what they think should happen, just like when the extra point got moved from the 20-yard line to a 33-yard field goal. That's the coaches saying, how can we make what the about, game better? What about how what about going for the two-point conversion? You still like the extra point? I, I think the extra point's going to stay in the NFL, and I think that goes back to, one, um, the the history of the game, and two, from a gambling perspective. I mean, if you got in on any of the uh, XFL games, which I did not, I mean, it changes the aspect of the game in such big ways, from three points being allowed, uh, now you have nine-point differentials, six-point differentials. I don't know if that would happen in the NFL. I don't think that, let's put it this way, I don't think that they would go to a one, a two, and a three-point conversion. Um, I think from a from an outsider's perspective, I was watching the game going, why wouldn't you go for three every time, right? I mean, red zone offense. I, I, I kind of like going for two, though. Okay. I think the two-point Five-yard line, right? Five yard line. Yep. I mean, you have the opportunity. You get a little bit more space. Ten yards. If you're going for three from the ten, it, it's a, that's that's tough. I mean, because obviously the defense knows you're going to pass the football. Yep. Defensive ends get to take off on you, and guys are just playing a, a pretty much a fence defense right there at the goal line. Would so the linebackers be at six, the goal line, or would they be kind yeah, of at the two you yard put, line? It, it, you know, like a red seven. Just yeah. you're going to have seven guys right there. So you got to get really what we call baseline routes right behind them in the back of the end zone. You just got to throw it up at the goalpost and let those guys go catch it. But from the five, you could do a draw, you yep. could do a sprint out. There's just more options. And then the two, um, it just, I think that if there was more success, then maybe that would have been talked about a little bit more. There just wasn't a lot of success with hard. the extra point. Yeah. I, I, but I, I must say, I do, I know you're, 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 like you said, you're a purist when it comes to the kickoff and special teams. I like the kickoff returning kickoff just for the fact that, and they showed it. The numbers went yeah. up. I mean, you look at the NFL. I, I feel like I don't even watch the kickoff. I mean, I'm literally probably getting up at that point to go get a quick drink guys are before just the next series. The so, yeah, they're yeah. just blasting through the end zone. It, it, it's pointless. At least this gives teams an opportunity to be creative. It gives the offense an opportunity or the return team an opportunity to actually return the ball and kind of get some good field position for their guys. No, I, I, you know what? I give a huge hat tip to my guy, Sam Schwartzstein, the director of football operations for the league. I've known Sam for a long time, former offensive lineman at Stanford University, super sharp guy, a, a really smart guy, and he was really behind uh, some of these rule changes, getting out in front of it, making sure that this was about the football. And, of course, when you have a guy like Oliver Luck and the money that Vince McMahon has, I mean, it was bound to be successful. Everybody knew it wasn't going to be an overnight 
overnight success, but it certainly seemed like, especially with after March Madness, if that was going to happen, Aaron, when the playoffs started, they were probably going to start drawing some bigger numbers and really look forward to 2021. So are you in for 2021? What's your situation there? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, we got to figure out and see Sharon. Did you sign uh, a one-year Sharon, contract? Is that, I guess yeah, everyone signs one-year contract. Gotcha. Sharon Sharon loves Tampa, and uh, she's like, hey, if you want to play next year, I'm all for it. I'm all yeah. for moving down to Tampa and, and being down here. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. We'll see what happens. And, you know, I talked to the coaches and our scouting department, and they would like me back for next season. So it's going to kind of be a uh, way and see, and, and, and we'll talk about it probably mid-fall mid, mid and and go from there. It really screwed up my golf game. And now yes. that this virus is going, I can't play golf anymore either. So that's a little depressing at the moment. Um, but even, even my member guests at uh, Lake Oconee got canceled. So oh, with your buddy, no, the yeah, with the dentist, so everything's just getting canceled, uh, Chad. So everything's getting canceled at the moment right now. Golly. So no golf, you know, my days consist right now of waking up and, and taking the dogs on a little walk. And, uh, I actually bought, so I haven't played video games in 10 years. So right when all the announcements were being made probably about two weeks ago that the entire country had a chance of being shut down, I went to Best Buy real quick and bought the last remaining Xbox. Did you really? And, <laughs> and started playing Xbox all over again. What games? So for, for those who want to play me in Madden, uh, hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. I just got back into Madden, and I guarantee you I will whoop your ass. Okay. So bring it on. Awesome. Uh, i just been playing Madden pretty much. So my days are, like I said, walk the dogs, play Madden. And actually, Sharon found this uh, this this online courses. The Ivy Leagues are, are giving away free online courses yeah. for for array of, of subjects. So I'm taking a couple business classes just for fun Smart right guy. now, too. So, yeah. What have you I learned the most? I with something. I'm learning uh, spreadsheets. One of my classes on spreadsheets. So you're just learning how to read balance sheets, learning how to yeah, read all that yeah. good stuff. A little bit, a little business stuff. So just trying to be smart and beautiful, just like you. <laughs> That's awesome. I might yeah. do that too. Is that like through yeah. Coursera, or is there a website that you can go to? I can. I'll send you a link. I yeah. think it's Sharon sent me a link. I just clicked on. It. I'm taking two classes through now. What school? From what university? Uh, I am through Columbia, both Columbia right now. Okay. Okay. So I'm taking intro into financial accounting and spreadsheets and modeling. So you're that bored. I'm that bored right now. Yes, <laughs> I is, am that uh, bored. Who is the most impressive player you saw in the XFL, either from Tampa Bay or another team that you went up against? PJ Walker, yeah, who's the only one who signed I mean, right now. Yeah. He's you want to talk about a guy that can that can create in the pocket, his good arm strength, and then his ability to kind of throw at different angles. I thought was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, his, his arm slot could be up at 12 o'clock. It could be at three o'clock. I mean, he can throw it underhand. He, he's, he's a guy is going back right now to Carolina to be with his former head coach. who was a head coach at temple. Yeah. He was, he was there at temple with him. Um, and he's going to be in a spread offense. You know, we saw what LSU did last year and we saw what kind of offense Baylor was running. So he's, it kind of fits his, I'm not, he's obviously not going to be the starter. Teddy Bridgewater will be the starter for Carolina, but He's definitely going to get a shot to go and compete with Will Greer to be the backup quarterback there, and I think he is a, is a lot of a lot of talent, and he's a young guy too. I mean, he's like 25 years old, I think. Yeah. So uh, I think he's he's one who definitely took advantage of the five weeks and is going to make something out of it. He seemed like to really fit in that June Jones offense, which again is that spread them out. They really took advantage of some of the rule changes. So crazy, you know, a little little background on that offense because I got to watch it last year. Because uh, Hawaii runs it, the yep. run and shoot offense, and then I actually talked to June 
because uh, we played them in a preseason game about the offense. They have five plays. That's it. What? Five plays. And they just practice it over and over and over and over and over again. And just each play, there's so many route decisions that have to be made from the receiver. So each play, the, the receiver may have a curl. But if it's quarters, he has the ability to take it for a post. Yeah. If the safety gets out of there, he'll take a curl. If the safety's inside leverage, he may break it out. So that the, the quarterback and receiver have to be on the same page. So I talked to him. He said, dude, we practice for three hours a day against every possible defense, every single look, and we just perfect it. And it's five plays. And you just rep it over and over again versus every single look. And then you just get on the same timing with your receivers. And you know that's how they're able to put up all these stupid numbers. It's that's, just uh... It's a trust factor. Uh, but it was very successful in the league, obviously, as we saw they're the best offense in the XFL. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I was watching last night actually on NFL Network. They're replaying all, you know, any, any content that they have, they're just dumping it out on TV. But it was about Bill Walsh, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, and those 80, 1980s San Francisco 49ers offenses that were so good. And I don't know if they only had five plays. Obviously, it was a West Coast style offense, but they were saying how simplistic it was to the point where they had answers to every question. Like you said, receivers knew where to go based on what they were seeing, and they would just pick defenses apart based on where, well, how, knowing where to go against what they see. Well, it's, it's the, the West Coast system. It's like a the, the triangle offensive basketball. Yeah. It's about creating equal spacing. That's all it is. You want to, at the end of the day, if you're watching the coach's copy or uh, of a play and you press pause when the quarterback gets his fifth or seventh step in the drop – you want to see some kind of tri- triangle. Um, it, it may not always be the perfect triangle, but some kind of triangle where you're you're either king a linebacker or you're king a safety in the slot or a nickel to play pretty much basketball against them. And it's the quarterback's decision there of leverage and 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 where to go uh, to beat the to usually the zone defense. And obviously, you'll have man answers based on on each single play, but it is, it's, it's built to be simple. It's built to get the court and the ball, the quarterback's hands fast. And it's built to give the receivers options to either sit down in zone, break away in man, where to sit in zone. You know, I'll give you a, a basic, uh, a route called a basic route. Mm-hmm. It's a square in from a tight end. If it's man, you break and run. If it's zone, you can either sit in the first window. You can sit in the second window. You can sit in the third window, yeah. depending on where, that linebacker is. And then from there, you'll usually have a check down on one side, a check down on another. So you have that triangle and you're just playing, like I said, you're playing basketball off the linebacker or flat defender from there. So very easy, keep it simple. And, and most importantly, get the ball to the quarterback's hands within three seconds is going to be the key. Awesome. Awesome. No, it makes total sense. It was cool to see how uh, PJ Walker really took advantage of that. Give me your best Jerry Glanville story. Jerry Jerry is the the does the, he still leave two tickets for Elvis every game most you- likely I, I I didn't know that so I sat down with him in, in training camp and for those not knowing Jerry was our defensive coordinator the man has done everything from was a defensive coordinator in the NFL he was a a race car driver he played in a band he was like a musician then I mean he, he could write a book on his life I'm absolutely incredible uh, wears glasses and a cowboy hat to practice every single day. I mean, Jerry is a man of many, many talents. So uh, he's just a funny dude. I mean, he's just, um, he is a crazy defense. You want to talk about a defense that makes no sense every single day in practice. I would have no idea what just happened because the way that they form, it, it's kind of similar a little bit to what we see in the big 12 nowadays where it's three safeties deep that eyes are downfield or down um, in the backfield for run support, but they have three 
if it is a pass to to kind of take away the deep pass and you're always doubling someone so a lot of crazy stuff he's just a uh, he's a mad scientist but he's a lot of fun to go against every single day at practice no question i'm sure if you youtube search jerry glanville you can get caught in a pretty sweet little uh, vortex of very interesting videos let's talk about the nfl a little bit uh, tom brady to the bucks teddy bridgewater to the Panthers, uh, Cam Newton no longer with the Panthers, probably going to end up in Los Angeles with the Chargers, although we had Blair Walsh on last week. Blair thinks that Bill Belichick might get him up in New England, which would be super interesting. But a lot of moving parts in the NFL, obviously, they're on hold right now, no OTAs. The draft has been drastically reduced down, no um, uh, no public gatherings at the draft. But what's your thoughts so far? I mean, pretty interesting. All I know is Tampa right now is, is just absolutely elated with the fact that Tom Brady, I mean, there's, there's already billboards welcoming Tom throughout the city right now. And, and I think uh, everyone's excited and it makes sense. I mean, it, it's, it's a great nucleus of players. I mean, they got some great receivers, got a great tight end, the defense, the fact that, you know, you come down here and, and no state income tax, you got an offensive coordinator who, you know, and a head coach and Bruce Arians, who knows offense, who is a tremendous offensive mind everywhere he's been. So I think it, it, it's the absolute perfect situation. I think the one thing uh, going back a couple weeks ago with the fact that who knows what's going to happen with OTAs, is OTAs even going to occur this season is, is kind of why I thought maybe he would stay in new England for the fact that he may not have as much time to build the chemistry with receivers, build the understanding of the offense, but I'm sure he'll find ways to, work around that and find maybe a field here or there in Tampa to throw with some of the guys and get them together the best he can. But uh, like I said, everyone here is excited. I know probably ticket prices are through the roof. And I thought it was a, like I said, a perfect situation for him to come down here and end his career in a, in a great city uh, with a team that has a chance to be pretty darn good next season. What are your initial thoughts? Mike Evans, uh, uh, Chris Godwin, OJ Howard, um who's the running back i forget the running back drawing a blank but Um, i mean and and the fact that too that more free agents who knows uh guys are going to want to come down here yeah i want to come down here i mean it's like i said it's it's a perfect situation you you play in florida you play in great weather and you get to play indoors in new orleans and atlanta so at least 10 of your games every single season are going to be pretty darn good in great weather in carolina is pretty mild as well so um it, it it's it's it's, I think it's going to be great stuff for them, and, and it's going to be interesting to see where some of these other dominoes fall with Cam. Yeah. You know, you're bringing that up. And, and I thought Teddy Bridgewater last season definitely earned his his uh, chance to be a starting quarterback in this league. I mean, he went, what, 5-0, and 6-0, and yeah. played really, really well in place, in place of Drew Brees when Drew Brees was out with a thumb injury. And he's a very talented guy. I mean, I remember coming out with him in the draft and just watching his film back in Louisville. And obviously just a freakish injury in a walkthrough end of, uh, end of preseason. Yeah. They thought they, you know, I had one of my trainers from Kansas city took the job to be the head strength coach for, for Minnesota. And he, that was his first season. He said, he texted me and he said, it was one of the freakish things God, he's ever man. seen in his life and how much that derailed his, his career. And it's just been amazing to see him just continue to get better and better and healthier and healthier every single season Take advantage of it last year, a, a very quarterback-hungry league, 
and then now cash in on it. It's just big props to him and his hard work. No question. You know, I'm really interested to see Brady and Coach Arians work together. Um, Obviously, Coach Arians has had a ton of success with quarterbacks in the league. When I was with Arizona, it was Carson Palmer, and Carson was an older guy. He was in his late 30s, not early 40s like Brady is. But look, Carson throws and threw one of the best deep balls in the NFL, had great receivers, had a great running back as well. Um, But you have to sit in the pocket and take shots. I mean, that's what happens in B.A.'s offense. Everybody knows. No risk it, no biscuit. We're chucking the ball downfield. I hope that the Bucks can really shore up their offensive line because Brady's going to have to sit in there. He can't be checked down Charlie like he was last year with the Patriots. He's going to have to deliver the ball downfield with a lot of accuracy and take shots. I'm wondering how that is going to happen or really how, how it's going to be received on his end, I think that's a big factor. And then my other question is, what is Chris Godwin going to get for number 12? Because he is currently number 12. For the oh, list. man, he better get maybe a, <laughs> a, a, maybe a date with Giselle. You know, a nice <laughs> I mean, little dinner exactly. one-on-one with Giselle. Unbelievable. I, told my, I did tell my mom, I said, don't you go trying to stalk Giselle like on Bayshore or something, trying to find her. And, yeah, he, he better – he can ask for whatever he wants. I think Tom Brady would be more than happy to give one of his Drop new star receivers – you know, maybe an extra bonus or uh, a new car or something like that to make him happy for that number 12. No question. Let's talk about Georgia a little bit. Have you and I even discussed Todd Munkin um, or Scott Cochran? No, um, they're all, I mean, they're all new faces on the crazy. offense. Jamie Newman, grad transfer quarterback, Todd Munkin. I don't know if you all cross paths in the NFL. No. Um, and then Scott Cochran, the famed strength and conditioning coach from Alabama, now Georgia's special teams coordinator. It's crazy. And, and we talked about it last week with a couple of our guests. If any team with such high expectations needed spring practice, is Georgia. Georgia. I mean, yep. you needed the spring practice. You wanted to see how Jamie Newman would be in Todd Munkin's offense and if he could get his timing down with his receivers. Um, you wanted to know what kind of role Coach Cochran was going to take with special teams, how much he would delegate, who's the kicker going to be. A lot of questions for Georgia. Um, the only benefit, of course, is that they're not the only team that's not getting spring practice. Nobody's able to do it. Georgia needed it, though. They're not getting it. Um, does that give you cause for pause, or are you pretty bullish on the dogs this year? No, it, it, it's a big pause, uh, especially when you talk about adding a new offense. You know, defenses always are a little bit faster heading into a season, but when you're breaking in a new offense, you're breaking in a new quarterback, yeah. who knows who it's going to be, you need these reps right now, and it's hard to make up for them all in fall camp because you, you don't want to wear the guys out before the season starts. The good thing is when I go back there and, and, and I go to Athens and watch practice, very efficient practice. They get a lot of done in a short amount of time. So the, the, they, they, I'm worried because I do think it will be a little bit slow for them to start the season off uh, when it comes you know, to, to making big plays offensively. So I think the teams that are not betting benefiting from this, but are not in a bad place for those teams that have a starting quarterback in place that have an offense in place. You know, you look at a team like Florida who has their quarterback back Alabama who has their quarterback back Auburn, um, South Carolina. So this is a big, I think a big problem for, for university of Georgia. We'll see how they handle it this summer. It's going to be a lot on these quarterbacks too, to get these guys working. Whenever mm-hmm. school does open up again, uh, during the summer break or during the summer classes to take over that leadership role and say, guys, we got a lot of work to do. We can't, 
we can't just do seven on seven twice a week. We got to do seven on seven, three times a week. Yeah. And then we got to do meetings four times a week to really break down this offense and make sure we're ready to go in fall camp. And that's going to be tough for two quarterbacks who aren't returners from last year as quarterbacks. I mean, to, to, to come in and earn that, that leadership role, to have the confidence to tell the team, we need to do this to be ready. That, that takes a lot of guts. And, and hopefully those guys are ready to take on that responsibility to make sure they're ready to go. Uh, for this upcoming season. No, you're totally right. We were talking with Keith Mitchell last week, PGA Tour golfer, and he was obviously excited, bummed that he wouldn't be able to partake in spring ball and check out a practice, maybe make it to G-Day if his schedule allowed. But he said, you know, he wanted to know more about Jamie Newman because if you really look at the one defense he played last year that is kind of up to an SEC level, it was Clemson, and they got absolutely suffocated. I said, that's a little bit tough to make that comparison. Clemson was so good last year. Wake Forest's offensive line is nowhere near what George is in the perimeter talent. Not really comparable as well, but no question. They are missing out on those 15 practices. George is going to be just fine, though. It's just all going to be dependent on how soon normalcy gets back to everyday life and when those guys can get back on campus, start to work with the new coaching staff, and get on the field. That's the biggest thing. Just get on the field. We can obviously break all that down when necessary. Let's wrap this thing up, though, man. What's your schedule like now? I mean, XFL's done. You guys are in Tampa. Sharon's pregnant. What's your deal this summer? Are you going to be back on radio? Are you going to do the podcast again? Are you with CBS Sports? People want to know, man. The one question I kept getting, what's Aaron say about the XFL? How's Aaron doing? I said, I don't know. I haven't talked to the guy. He's busy. He's got shit yeah, to do. Just, uh, not, not, not much to do right now. But, I mean, this summer we'll get back into to SiriusXM right now. They're kind of not really doing much. I yeah. mean, they have one show a day, if that, just because there's nothing to talk about. I mean, there's literally no sports to talk about. So, um, you know, I think hopefully things start to slow down when it comes to this virus, uh, come this summer, who knows what's going to happen when it comes to May, say sec media days. I think that's when for, sure. for me, at least Back things will start to pick too. up. Yeah. Things will start to really pick up for me around that time when it comes to preparation for the season, watching the film, breaking teams down, um, and then getting ready to go for, for a great year, hopefully. But other than that, it's, you know, hopefully, like I said, things slow down so I can get on the golf course, maybe try to compete with you a little bit. Yep lower that handicap yep. and, um, you know, finish some of these online classes and How's then get the, ready to be, 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 be a dad here. In two yeah, months. dude, that's a big one. How's the, yeah, bod, yeah. how's the bod feeling? Because I know at the end of the AAF, I mean, you were beat to shit. You, you look like you oh, went through man. more. Uh, I, well, the unfortunate is, is obviously the, the first quarter, the first game of the season this year, I sprained two ligaments in my left foot and, um, yeah. you know, they, they always say you'd rather break a bone than sprain ligaments. I, right now, this is, this is the feeling. Cause my, my foot's still not the it's same. Still, I mean, it's, it's just, still it's you. still, you know, I'm still doing everything. I'm still going for, you know, runs. I'm still working out. I got this, this home workout gym thing. So I'm just working out as much as I can, but it, it, I can still feel the lingering effects from the ligaments. There's just not not hundred percent. So I'm trying to get that, that foot as healthy as possible. It just thinks cause you're on your feet all day long. Sure. So it's, it's a kind of a pain in the butt at the moment, but um, other than that, the rest of the body feels pretty darn good. Awesome, man. Well, I am just so happy to talk to you, to see you on Skype as we're doing right now. I miss you. I miss you, my man. It's been a while, dude. Punting Daddy past. of two. Daddy I know. of two. And we're about to go over a million downloads, which is awesome. So uh, we'll have to throw a party when that happens um, on the podcast. But I know everybody's so happy to hear from you. I'm happy to speak with you. That's right. I am a dad of two now. Jackie absolutely crushed it. We were in the hospital for 36 hours, dude. She 
We, we got admitted at 9.50 p.m. on Saturday night. She had the baby at 2.46 a.m. We were home Monday afternoon. I mean, it was crazy, man. I mean, because, you know, no visitors allowed. So yeah. I was the only one in there. It was very sleepy at the hospital, security at the entrance. They're checking your temperatures. Have you traveled? Do you cough? Have you had a fever? You know, the doctors are all wearing masks, scrubs. I mean, it was wild. And, and Jackie crushed it. It happened so fast. When they told her to start pushing, it was 2.40. The baby came at 2.46. Like, holy cow. It I happened, love that. It happened that quick. And, She's um, a pro. She's a pro. She needs to give Sharon some tips. Sharon's, that's right. Um, a little worried, but I think she'll she'll, she'll, she'll kick some great. butt. Uh, she'll so, be fine. So we've got Bridget, who's our soon-to-be two-year-old, and then little Kara Madeline. So Kara Madeline Butler was born March 22nd, and she is doing fantastic, and Jackie's doing awesome as well. As you will learn, Aaron, we don't do shit. It's all them. I mean, you just got to be there and support them. They are absolute rock stars. Um, I can offer you a little bit of advice, but I would just say – be supportive, be positive, and um, just watch the miracle happen because it's pretty awesome. But, my man, when you come back up here, I can't wait to get out to lunch. Uh, go hit the golf ball when we're allowed to. Send Sharon our best. Thanks so much for 30 minutes. You need any, you need to say anything on the way out? No, man. Everyone just stay safe, and, and hopefully we can beat this and, and get back to normal life. But we'll keep hey, doing a couple podcast a week, have some fun, and, and get everyone ready to go. Whatever you want, brother. I'm always here for you. Be sure to follow Aaron on social media at Aaron Murray 11. We are at Punt and Pass, and I'm at Drew Butler. We'll talk to you again for another episode soon of the Quarantine Chronicles. See you.